Welcome to Succession Stories. I'm Lori Barkman. As an exit value planning and M&A advisor, I call myself the business transition Sherpa. This podcast guides entrepreneurs from transition to transaction, from building value in your business to letting go. What do I do when I'm not hosting a podcast? I work with owners to maximize business value with my firm, small.big. And as a certified mergers and acquisitions advisor with Stony Hill, I guide you through the complex process of selling your company. Tune into Succession Stories for weekly insights to reward your hard work and avoid succession regrets. Hit subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and sign up for our newsletter at successionstories.com. Here's to your success. Is this the year to sell your company? Don't leave your exit to chance. Stony Hill Advisors works with entrepreneurs like you to get ready for what may be the biggest transaction of your life. Learn what your business is worth by visiting stonyhilladvisors.com slash podcast. We're here, Succession Stories, episode 100, and I'm super excited to celebrate this milestone with you. There have been many amazing things happening with the show. We were recently honored with the Communicator Award for Podcast Excellence, which was incredibly exciting. Not only am I thrilled to reach the 100th episode milestone, I'm feeling grateful. Grateful and thankful for my guests, over 100 entrepreneurs and business leaders who shared their succession stories, sharing the ups and the downs with us. And I'm grateful to the worldwide audience who enjoy our entrepreneurial content from creating value in your business to letting go. To make this an extra special episode, I asked my longtime friend and fellow podcaster, Lou Diamond, to be my guest host. He flipped the mic on me, and as you'll hear, Lou put me in the hot seat. He asked great questions to help me reflect on the 100 episodes and my experience as a podcaster. Lou was featured as my guest in episode 23, The Power of Connecting. I encourage you to also check out Lou's show called Thrive Loud, which is brief, bright, and bold. If you're new to Succession Stories, now is a great time to learn more about us, and maybe you'll go back and listen to earlier episodes. And if you're a longtime listener, thank you. And maybe you'll want to re-listen to your favorites or catch ones that you missed along the way. Since the show launched in 2020, it's made me happy to hear from listeners how much value the podcast brings you. If you haven't yet reached out to me and you've been thinking about it, no time like the present. Go to LinkedIn and wish the show happy 100 and let me know how I can support you in your entrepreneurial journey. Here's to your success. Enjoy this Succession Stories celebration with episode 100. Hello, listeners, and welcome. And yes, you are in the correct place. This is Succession Stories with Lori Barkman. However, this week, we have a very special episode for you. My name is Lou Diamond, and I'm a professional speaker, author, podcaster, and today, I am your very special guest host of Succession Stories. Why, you may ask? Because this is the 100th episode of Succession Stories with Lori Barkman. And to celebrate this spectacular achievement, our guest 
is the business transition Sherpa herself, the CEO founder of Small.Big, and is a well-regarded value creation and business transition advisor. She is also the regular host of this unbelievable podcast program, Succession Stories. Please welcome to the other side of the microphone, Lori Barkman. Lori, how are you today? Lou Diamond, I am great. It is an honor to be with you, and I am so grateful for you to be my guest host and putting me on the other side of the mic. This is truly, truly fun. I'm looking forward to it. You and I have a very deep history. I'm sure you'll talk about that. And there couldn't be anyone better for me to be on the mic with today. So thank you. To kick things off, first of all, Congratulations. We are here celebrating your 100th episode. 100. It's crazy. I was going to say, could you imagine you would you would be here at this point on 100 no. episodes when you started this? No, I couldn't. So I'm going to give the listeners a little background. Uh, succession stories. If you haven't been listening from the very beginning, by the way, you should go back and that's what you should do. In early April, right in the middle of the pandemic, Lori launched this particular podcast program and the actually the, the trailer launched uh, April 8th and the actual first episode came out on April 11th, a little over two years ago. I actually got to be a little behind the scenes with Lori and I want you to share a little bit of was there hesitation in opening and kicking off this program right at the start of what was such an, uh, an uncertain period in our lives? Absolutely. If I'm truly rewinding here, I my original vision that this was gonna be on video in person. A crazy big vision. I don't know how I would have been able to pull that off. And so when I went to a recording studio, my very first and second recordings, one was on Zoom. Episode one, Tony Uphoff was a Zoom call. And episode ended up being episode four, but it was my second recording, was in the studio with Chris Sankar. And it was the only one that I've recorded in person. And at the time, as you said, April, there was this thing, it was COVID-19. As a world, we didn't really know the impact. And I was very unsure about where to take this. And I think I called you in the ideation phase before I started recording. And you said, don't worry, you know, you just do you, you put it together, it'll come together, come up with a theme, which I did and, and helping so much to bounce it off of you. Succession stories became the theme. Then it became a challenge of how to do this and the mechanics of doing it. So let's go through just a, a little quick review for the listeners here. You came up with an idea for the show. Can you share with the listeners that original inception idea? Because that's actually the magic of how great podcast programs like yours, which hit 100 episodes, which is no easy task. I'll share those stats in a bit of how hard that is to do today. Talk about what was the spark and idea that kicked off Succession Stories? A couple of sparks and a shower. <laughs> <laughs> Our best ideas come in the shower. I was really trying to relate it to experiences and areas of, I can't use the word expertise, but something like that, where I have these experiences and I felt I could add value and have interesting conversations. So as I, I thought about my background, and my, an aspect of my career when I was an outside hire CEO for a third generation company. And that company went through three generations. Those generations, each one was so innovative in what they did and how they did it. It was, it was my boss was the third generation as the chairman. 
And lo and behold, when I was in the company, we went through an exit. We were acquired. And as I reflected on that, I thought about the word transition a lot. I thought about succession. And the show on HBO, Succession, was gaining in popularity, and it just clicked. I, and I'm a marketer, you're right, 25 plus years in marketing. I'm in the shower, and it just clicked succession stories. It had kind of a memorable name, thematically, the tone, and it gave me an opportunity to make the essence of the show about the business owner, about the entrepreneur, and the pillars underneath it. The other things as I thought about those expertise areas that I really wanted to dive into and explore were innovation, growth, and transition. And to me, it all really tied together nicely. As a listener to the program, I want to share that this content that you have under the umbrella of these episodes is so much more than I actually would have ever expected. Because I think the unique part of what this program offers is breadth in a very interesting space that is very niche in its own self. And, and that's what I actually wanted to kick off because we started mentioning this. Obviously, you, you came from a place that was dealing with the challenge of succession and next generation and successors, which is a big bucket of a lot of the guests that you've brought on the program. Let's dive into that category of, of your type of guests, next generation and successors, ones that stick out over these last hundred shows and lessons that you've learned along the way. The next generation category is one of my favorites. And it's, it's funny because I say everything's going to be my favorite when I talk to you today, <laughs> but there's a lot of good reasons for that. And, you know, even with episode one, Tony was an outside hire, Tony Uphoff, but he was part of a fourth or fifth generation company and he has an entrepreneurial background. And so much of his story was about the next generation and the approach that that particular company is taking with innovation, which is so thematically on point. And one of my other favorite stories is from Laird, episode 34. Laird is a really cool episode to listen to. It's with a mother and son, generation nine and 10. So let's just think about that. The company was founded in 1780. And I just love having the mother son on the show. I love talking about the history of that company, such pride, such sustainability. How does a company stay as a family-run company for all those generations? It's just an incredible listen. And the, one of my other favorites was Kent Johnson, episode 40. He's the CEO at Highlights, and he was a reluctant entry into the company. And his entry in was on the board. And his family was very purposeful about having non operational family members involved at the board level. And then over time, it made sense for him to become CEO. It was a great story. In this category, one of the things that I've picked up as a listener, and I know the listeners who are loyalists to the program have as well, there are common problems, common themes, and often surprises that, that you get a chance to be the front row seat of when you're hearing this. I'd love to hear out of the, the value you're giving to the listeners who get to hear these shows, what's some of the biggest surprises that you've experienced in that next generation and successor issue? Because there's a lot of issues in trying to pass the baton from one to the next. Absolutely. There's another favorite of mine, Will Connect, episode 12. And while his story was about tragedy, a tragic incident for the company, it was really about resilience. 
And at this time of recording these stories, what I felt like it's if you've ever listened to the NPR story core, you know, they'll go into the Library of Congress. You'll laugh because if people ever ask me this question, which no one ever did. So I'll just put it out there and everyone can go, oh, my God, I can't believe she just said that. But the inspiration for this show and how I kind of want to run it as a as an interviewer is a blend of StoryCorps meets Howard Stern. <laughs> <laughs> because he's an excellent interviewer. And I've tried to channel when he really interviews someone, how he deeply listens and how well he prepares. And at the same time, we're able to be nimble to our listeners and go deep. And with someone like Will, while we talked about something that happened in our history so many years ago, and he was so profound in how he talked about the spirituality of the recovery, the resiliency and, and the need for where we were in those moments, right, together on the show and everything happening around us, the world was shut down. Resiliency ended up being a really powerful thing. And that's how we talked about recovery and the pandemic over time with my guests. So while it's not necessarily a surprise, it was something I was struggling with, which is how do I talk about something so profound and important that we are experiencing as a human race while trying to have a show that isn't time stamped yeah. so that you could literally pick up the show at any time and have it be meaningful to you. And I think that theme of resiliency especially again in, in this episode, really came out. Founders and entrepreneurs. Now, while you can't go back to 1780 to get the founders from way back when with the podcast for some of those programs, you've come across some guests on this program who are the actual originators and, and the ones who've come up with the idea. Getting a chance to have those types of conversations, first of all, I want, I want you to share with the listeners what that's been like, because in some of these cases, it's kind of almost a little fame glary eyed, if you would, where you get a chance to talk to some of them. But for you, learning that aspect of the, of the lesson versus the passing of the baton piece to those who've started it all, the gift that these guests have given you. Right. Like the next gen leader who is getting that baton and they're trying to do something to make it sustainable for the future. The founders have may have that vision, but they're the ones really getting it off the ground. And it was so exciting to talk to somebody like Steve Peplin. He was episode 69. He's a manufacturer. He's built like a 40, $50 million business. And he was a really great guest because he is thinking about his future in a way that when I coach my clients, I'm, I'm trying to get them to think about, he's already doing it. So having him on the show was fantastic. Somebody like Andy Cabasso, who sold his first company, started another one. And this transition, no matter, it's not about age, it's about stage. You'll have some people that are in their craft and they really, when they're out, they're out. They wanna be out, they wanna exit, they wanna completely be done. And then you'll have some people who wanna start their next company. I have a guest, episode 94, Sarah Dusick. She and her husband launched a very successful company called Under Canvas, which is a glamping business. And she talks about the venture capital investing that they're doing now. And a lot of times in these transitions, it's not just about what they've done and they've accomplished. We certainly talk about that on the show, but I love diving into what's next, you know, this what's next concept. Someone like Gabriela Isturiz, who was a serial entrepreneur with her husband also, very, very successful, sold both companies to Fortune 500s. She's episode 95. And really amazing, inspirational people who do the hard work of the hard work and essentially either build their company 
for thinking about the next generation, like Laura Coe, who with her sister created a franchise business. She's episode 28. And so when I talked with her in, in a way, she's creating a multi-generational business. It just happens to be Gen 1. Yeah. This is one of the things that I think was surprising to me about succession stories. When most people would hear this, they would think about the two topics we just spoke about, you know, the next gen and successors. But along the way, throughout this journey, you've actually tapped into people who have, have expertise in certain niches and certain subject matters that people don't really know about. Like there's actually spaces within the spaces that you have found out and brought to the attention of the program, which has made it not only educational to the listener, but it's made it educational in some cases to probably some of your guests. Talk about the subject matter experts that you've brought to the forefront as a topic, because some of that topics alone really add some meaty content to what Succession Stories is all about. It was always my inspiration for the show to talk with founders, to talk with next gen leaders and people who I say are in the ecosystem supporting these entrepreneurs and leaders. And as I looked at all the episode, I kind of laid them out. And I think the math kind of works in a half and half. Half of my guests have been in this masters of craft category is what I would say, or subject matter experts. And they fall into a few subject matter areas like succession, exit planning, mergers and acquisitions, sales and marketing, culture, innovation. All of these things help us be better business leaders. And they also will help you grow the value of your company and position it for a transition. So what I like to say thematically of what I do is I work from transition to transaction. I help business owners capture value and transition with success. So in the essence of the show, I've tried to bring in guests who can talk to any one of those aspects. And it does bring a richness of content, a richness of learnings, this is a educational show. It's a human show. There's an entertainment focus to it, right? It's a human interest. But at the end of the day, I want everyone to listen and walk away saying, oh, wow, I really learned something. My mom, I don't know if she's still listening to every episode, but my mom is not a business person. My mom was a social worker. She's very, she's very experienced in life, right? But she never really worked in business settings. And she listened to the show and she would say, oh, wow, I I understand that better. And she even asked me one. she said, how do you do pricing? <laughs> I'm like, mom, that's a great question. So I want to bring people forward from an educational standpoint and people who are great storytellers. And I find the subject matter experts also are very interested in being collaborative with me outside the show. And some of us have done this, which has been excellent business development relationships. And I won't go into all the detail to thank them, but name them by name. But certainly in the mergers and acquisition space, in the exit planning space, and some of the coaching, there's some wonderful relationships that I've developed. Who is your most important customer? The person who buys your business. Stony Hill Advisors works with owners to maximize the value when you're ready to sell. Get started today with a business valuation by visiting stonyhilladvisors.com slash podcast. Speaking of pricing and mergers and acquisitions, one of the other fun parts of your program helps people to understand the buying and investing component and these conversations you have, which by the way, pull the curtain back to a lot of uncertainty without really maybe giving too much information away, but really helpful 
details that educate your listeners, educate those that are thinking about doing the same. Maybe talk a little bit about some of those conversations that you've had on the program that have been excellent content for listeners. Absolutely. When an owner is going to sell their company, it's most likely the only time they're ever going to do it. There are examples of folks who I've talked to with either directly or indirectly on the show where it didn't go so well when they tried to do it themselves. And a lot of times we learn so much from when things go wrong. But what we're also trying to do is help people be proactive in learning and be successful in their next. And so hearing these things about what can go right is really, really important. So having folks on the show that have acquired a business like Chris Sinkar, Joe Butte, Len Carrick, and others who have invested and made the buying decisions can talk about very succinctly what criteria was really important to them. So Chris Sinkar episode four was a great listen. He bought his company from an owner who didn't have a succession with his son, but Chris was like that for him. He was in his 20s and he ended up being the succession solution for, for the owner. Another example would be Tom Hine, who's episode 33. He's doing a roll-up in the financial services industry. And at the time when we recorded, I think he had done six or seven acquisitions. Somebody like Jamie Van Buren, if that name sounds familiar from our past president. Yes, he's related to the family. Episode 13 Jamie Van Buren talked about this as well and how they've created a search network and a search fund and what the criteria they look for in the small in the small business area. And I would be remiss if I didn't talk about someone like an Alex Panosian. Alex has created a family office with his father. He's episode 73. And what's so interesting about the family office, it's, it's a category of investors that we don't really hear a lot about. And that episode has gotten a lot of traction. It's very, very interesting. And then you've got someone like Ben Grossman, who is running as a successor. He's a next gen in his, in his family business. This was episode 64 with his brother and how they are growing through acquisition. So I've had a mix of private equity, family office, and individual investors, which we tend to call strategic investors. I've also then had people who work in the profession, like myself, as an M&A intermediary, and Paul Vasoki with Stony Hill Advisors, the firm that I'm, that I'm partnering with. He's been on the show twice, and we've had great conversations. It was episodes 52 and 84, and we talked about the process, which is so important, as you said, to pull back the curtain. And it gives listeners that sense of, oh, if I'm going to work with an advisor to help me sell my business, help me get ready and help me maximize its value. And then how do I punch above my weight class in getting that value? Those are, those are also wonderful to take a listen to. Episode 73, Alex Pinozian, uh, the family office, I can let listeners know I've recommended to several people who are inquiring about that. These are people who have been guests on the programs I host and other people I come across in my business space because it is that informative for those in that particular space. It's one of my well, thank you. Lessons. I, I had no knowledge about a lot of that stuff, and I thought it was an eye-opening piece. That's one of mine that I sent out. Okay. Speaking of Stony Hill Advisors, which you hinted to there, in January of 2022, you actually began a sponsorship with them, which you can tell by the opening of this particular episode and other ones ever since. What has that been like? That's been finding a way for yourself as an entrepreneur and a podcast host to find great relationships on and off the air. Absolutely. Stony Hill Advisors has been a great partner, as I mentioned, because I'm working with, with Paul Vasoki, who's the founder and the team. There's about seven of us. 
And we are working with, with small to medium-sized businesses to help them have an exit. And it's a nice tie-in because conceptually all the content that Stony Hill would want to put out in a show, well, they don't have to reinvent it. I've already got it. It's a mechanism for listeners, reaching business owners, reaching centers of influence, people that we want to know about the services we provide. And it's a distribution mechanism for the message. So for anyone who's thinking about sponsoring a show, whether it's mine or another, I think it's a great, it's a great reach. This is a really niche audience. You know, if this is not the biggest show in the world, but it does have, I think as a percent of uh, podcasts listened to globally, it's towards the, it's, it's a very small amount of shows that make it to that level. So I don't want to say a, a specific number, but I've seen in the range of top 3% in the world. And those of us that are in this um, mode of educating, creating content on a consistent basis, it provides a lot of value. So having a consistent sponsor like a Stony Hill or others is really appreciated, especially when the content really ties in nicely. I'm going to give the listeners some stats here from podcasting, which is the ever-growing just hockey stick looking chart over the last six to seven years. Currently at the time of this recording, which is in May of 2022, this episode's airing in July, there are over 2.2 million podcast programs with over 54 million episodes underneath it. Within those statistics, check this out. Only 2.2% of shows that run weekly make it to at least 100 episodes. Okay, that's, that's 97 plus percent that don't ever get this far. So first of all, unbelievable kudos on that effort. You made an interesting point about the niche that you're in. It's all in the niches. This is the key in this industry. Programs that have a specific focus like Succession Stories is what people are looking for. And that's why your success, but as, as listeners have been hearing throughout this episode, Lori's preparedness, understanding the knowledge of each of the episodes, paying that much attention is actually the reason why listeners want to keep tuning in. So first of all, you've broken the math, which is a great thing to do. And you should be very proud of it. Are you proud of it? I want to ask I that am. question. I am. I am really proud of it. I appreciate that so much, Lou. It's so interesting when this time of two years, we haven't really seen people, but it's a way to have been seen. So many people now when I'm seeing them for the first time in a long time in the business setting, the first thing they say is, oh, I listened to your show, or they'll say, oh, I've seen your videos on LinkedIn, and they feel connected to me, which is amazing. I have strangers that'll say, oh, yeah, I heard your show, or they'll reach out with a question, or they'll just give some nice feedback. It is so meaningful. I, I'm a big believer in creating good and putting it out in the world and that that good is going to come back in some way. And we don't always know what that way is. But I think with this show, it's given me a lot of pride as a creator. And I think I've always been a creator my whole life. This has given me a creative outlet for that in a way that has also helped me professionally. And also as a human, I think I'm a better listener. I think I'm a better conversationalist. And we were at a dinner the other night and my daughter, who's 20, was trying to do a toast for, we were at a graduation dinner and there was about 12 of us. And she said, well, I want to ask you a few questions. And I felt like she was channeling the show a little bit <laughs> in doing that. And, and it, I don't know, maybe I'm, I'm, I'm leaping too much there, but I do think sometimes it rubs off on people in a good way of how to really engage, how to really listen, how to dive deeper on a theme or 
a string to get people to open up in perhaps a way they wouldn't even have expected them to. As a podcaster, I want to ask you a couple of questions. Listeners, we're going to peel back the curtain and learn a little bit more about Lori here because we've learned about the program and kind of the behind, behind the scenes there. I want to go behind the scenes as it relates to you. Specifically, let's start off with a smile here. What most listeners don't know is there's a lot of work that goes on behind the microphone, behind the scenes to bring great content like succession stories can be brought to the table as Lori has, does it for you each week. Yet there's some pretty comical moments as well. Can you share with the listeners maybe some funny moments you personally have experienced sitting in the chair that you're in or helping to produce the program as you do? I've had to re-record three or four episodes with my guests. <laughs> it, it, they were such good sports about it. I had, for whatever reason, a technology challenge. I think the platform that I was recording on was incompatible with my browser, maybe, and it just crapped out. And sometimes it was just the connection was really poor. It was early. I would say this happened maybe in the first 10 episodes or 20. I don't know. But they were such good sports. We had to re-record. I think that one of them I had might even had to do three times. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so that's kind of like giant bloopers. But yeah, the tech, the tech issues early on would bite me in the butt. How about listening to previous episodes? Have you recognized how you as an interviewer have improved over this century of episodes? I think I got more relaxed. I remember in the first recording with, with Tony, I was sitting at a, at a desk and my hands were under the table, but I was fidgeting like crazy. I was really nervous. And what was great about Tony as a first guest, he has a podcast, the Thomas Industry Update, and he's a pro. And he really put me at ease. I don't think he knew how important this was in that sense, but he just naturally did it. And he was, and he edified me as the host and he did so many things that really helped me put it, you know, put me at ease. And he was excited to be there truly. And I, when I re-listened to that episode, I was, I was thinking back to my nerves and how I got over it. You know, it helped me get over it really, really easily. I also think that going to video, we would always interview over video, but I didn't record over video until I have to look, I don't know the number, but I would say probably not until 2021 when I shifted my setting from a different room in my house to this, to this setting, which is my office. And everyone likes to comment on my little door behind me. <laughs> <laughs> and once I got here, I got really comfortable, I think, with my space and being comfortable with that and the recording equipment and everything made it so much easier. But also the video is a whole other level. You really have to be ready to be on camera. Your, your, your guests have to be ready because we have a YouTube channel. We have all the shows are on YouTube. Initially, only the audio went out, but now I have the audio and the video. Two different clips go on into YouTube. And re-watching some moments, like for example, episode 49, I re-watched my interview with JT Kosman. JT and I, I have pre-calls with all my guests, like about 20 minutes, half hour. We talk about lots of stuff. Sometimes they, it feels like a show, right? Because they're telling me mm -hmm. so much. And JT was one of those situations. I had talked to him at length. And wouldn't you know it, we get on the show together, we start recording. And in minute, literally, like the third minute, if you're listening, it's right around minute two. He tells me that he was homeless at age nine. Mm. Homeless in New York City at age nine. And I asked him why. And he said, well, after the third time my parents let me on fire, I decided mm -hmm. it was time to leave. That was not how I expected that conversation to begin. And so I rewatched it 
on video because I wanted to see how I handle it. I remember holding my breath, try, <laughs> you know, ugh. Well, this is, this is how we really connect with our guests, right? And this is what makes great programming is that when, when you have that relationship and hear a story that totally connects with you and understands it, that's where it's more than just a listening experience and more than just a podcast. It becomes a place to connect. And it looks yeah. like it did to you. Yeah, it did. You didn't think you'd go down this way with me on this episode, did you, Laura? <laughs> <laughs> no, well, because yeah. I really kept it together. Um, yeah. on that episode, but it's, it's that aspect of the, of the program that really makes it great. Right. When you, when you hear stories of people who've accomplished stuff and where you can connect on that level and judging by when that episode aired halfway through, that's a real powerful move. Oh, yeah. Can be. yeah. And then, you know, but he has such a great attitude about it and he's a jovial, jovial person. And we really talked a lot about his life experiences beyond that and how, they made him into who he is today, or did he create his future regardless of his past? And that's really a key message. Definitely. I want to ask one of the things that you do in the show is that you always ask a favorite quote from your guests. First of all, why did you inject that into the, into the thing? Was that originally planned when you created the program? When I was preparing and I was listening to Tony Uphoff's podcast, and getting ready to talk with him, it was helpful because I got to hear here, he's done so many episodes and I was listening and to you and to others. And I was listening, just how do they do it? Another inspiration for me is Sean Amirati and they've had successful shows. One of the things I heard from Tony, he asks everyone for their billboard. If you have a billboard, what's it gonna say? And when he came on my show, I asked, you know, I asked him for his and it has been something ever since. I've asked everyone ever since. Okay. So to spin the, the, the tables a little bit here to bring our listeners to connect, does Lori Barkman have a favorite quote? I do have a favorite quote. Can, can you share it with the listeners? <laughs> I can. And I'll give the backstory on it after I share it. The quote is from Jim Lovell. He was one of the astronauts on Apollo 13. There are people who make things happen. There are people who watch things happen. There are people who wonder what happened. To be successful, you need to be a person who makes things happen. Nice. Guess which one I am. <laughs> <laughs> I think we know. I think, I think we, we know. know. I, I think we know. The backstory on this is that this quote was hanging above the door of my boss's office. The show, which as I mentioned, you know, coming from the inspiration of my experiences at this company at the time was third generation privately held company. And this quote was hanging above his door. And when times were tough, he would point to that and he'd say, which one are you? And guess what I'd say? <laughs> <laughs> Spectacular quote. And that must be some big doorway. It's a pretty long quote. <laughs> well, it's kind of like above, you know. <laughs> I've actually even heard Jim Lovell within the last five to 10 years, drop a couple of quotes here or there. So amazing stuff, great content. I want to ask you a really cool question because this is one that I thought of when I heard the name of the program. 100 episodes is awesome. And with that and the way that you are and the care and passion you have for this as our listeners can hear and feel, the success and succession story of succession stories. Let's share a little bit of, first of all, what's to come for succession stories in the next 
hundred episodes or so. What's the plan for that? Let's start with that question. And then I have a follow-up. There's definitely more great episodes coming. I think I will probably do some solo casting. I haven't tried that yet because I love to showcase guests, but at the same time, I know that I have a lot that I can share with folks. So I might do, you know, short form solo cast type episodes. So that, that will be a format change. I may have people coming back from favorite episodes, either live or with kind of a best of types of format. So I think those, that'll be fun. And I want to say too, that the content of succession stories is going on the road. And there's different ways to think about that. One is I'm working on a book and it's underway. I don't have a due date yet. I would have loved for it to be done in spring. And I did talk about that a little bit on prior episodes. So I'll say 2022 that that's coming. And that'll be a resource just like the show where it'll be a mix of experiences from practitioners and from entrepreneurs and from myself and and so from my experiences in a a handbook type of way that you can learn from plus stories so very actionable also with some exploration i'll caveat that this is i'm exploring right now some content with a university and bringing some of this succession entrepreneurial succession acquisition to a forum where entrepreneurs can come together in a learning environment like a university. So it might be like an annual conference kind of format, or we might be developing some other types of content. Another example is for me on the road, I do Vistage workshops and I might be at a Vistage near you if you're a Vistage member. (laughs) So seminars and speaking engagements. And then online is also a great way to find this content that I'll continue to do online webinars and make those available. But with our world opening back up. I love being in person and doing in-person seminars with business owners. I really find that whenever I'm in front of an audience, and even if it's virtual, like like our show, I learn from them as much as hopefully they're learning from me. And I gain from the experiences, hopefully, as as they are. And I want to do more of those things. So there's more great content coming and so excited for what's coming. First of all, I I think it's spectacular. And I love the whole Succession Story University aspect because this isn't a living, ever-evolving, ever-changing learning process for everyone because it isn't just passing one to another. It is exactly as the name of the program is. It continues to to succeed and success and succession all through all of it, which is wonderful. And the story continues to go on. I want to ask you a couple of uh, final questions here. And that is, I love asking guests this question, specifically those like yourself, the gift of this program to you. Can you share with the listeners maybe what this thing has been to you? Because I don't believe you would have ever thought, one, that you'd be at 100 episodes, and two, all the things you just listed are to come on the program definitely weren't there when you were in that shower. Or maybe they were. But (laughs) In a grander scheme, but I would love to hear maybe this, the gift that this program has given to you personally. I think the curiosity has always been within me. I've always been a good question asker. My dear friend, Raji Sankar was the one who first said to me over lunch, hey, have you ever thought about having a podcast? And I looked at her and I thought, you're crazy. No. (laughs) And she's an entrepreneur. I just was so curious asking her so many questions And it was that initial encouragement that got me to even think about it. And I think what it's given me, when people ask, 
what is podcasting? And you have to answer and not use the word. I don't know if you've ever done that, Lou, that exercise. What is podcasting? And you can't say the word podcasting. And what I like to say is it's curating conversations with kind, clever, and curious people. Oh, with alliteration on top of all of it. I love it. (laughs) Yeah. And again, I think this curiosity for myself to learn, I I learn from others. That's how I learn. I'm not a self-learner. I like to learn from others. And that's classes, that's whatever it is, right? It's listening to other people. I'm a continuous learner. And this show has given me a mechanism for continuous learning at a phase in my life and my career. My learning's not over, right? My learning is really just beginning in a lot of ways. And I'm bringing a lot to the table, of course, but I recognize there's still so much to learn. So it's not about age. It's about the phase of life we're in. As a rare opportunity, because you are so focused on your guests on the program, and now that you are the guest here, gratitude. Who would you like to thank that's helped you to get to this particular milestone journey? Because you tend to be one of those people that likes to give recognition to others. I do. And you're one of them, which is why I asked you to be on the show with me so I could thank you in person-ish. We're virtual, but thank you, Lou. You have been a consistent voice to me, advisor, and I really, really appreciate that. There are so many people in my family that have been so helpful. My husband, Martin, who you know well. My kids are very supportive. My parents, who have been, as I told you, are listening to the show, and so many friends and family. I should mention, too, this was kind of fun. Early on, I launched the show, and then I had a virtual launch party. And we had 40 people on Zoom for a half an hour, and we did a virtual toast. I had a blue carpet, <laughs> and I recognized everyone by name who came in and the way I knew ahead of time who had said yes, and I was able to thank them. And it was different phases of my life from colleagues of mine from the past, family, friends and colleagues, and some guests who were starting to come on the show. And, and that to me is something that just stays with me. I'm just so grateful for all that support that I've had. And then also I have a, I have a team that helps me. I just want to mention their names and thank them. Carmelo, I know he's listening because he's my producer and he's going to be editing this show. And thank you, Carmelo. He is a steadfast, talented, talented producer, does the audio video editing, and I'm so grateful for him. Larry and Ariane are my marketing design and writing. They help me with writing and the transcripts that are produced and the design of the graphics. And then I've had some marketing folks who, some interns that have helped me, Catherine and Haley. And so it's a small team. We're very nimble. We've worked on process and process improvement. And we produce, I think, a very high quality show. It's, you know, our own marketing tech stack. We've figured it out. And I'm very proud about that. It's quite an adventure, isn't it? Listeners who don't really know what goes on behind a podcast, it's, it's, it's more than producing. It's like producing a Broadway show time on steroids is the only way I could think about it because it's communicating, <laughs> it's marketing, it's connecting, it's new every single time. And for future episodes coming down the pike, for those who are just tuning in for the first time, there's so much more to come. I recommend you go back and listen to as many of these as you can. It is truly an informative library of incredible content that could help you in your business and in your life and at many different points and different stages. So check out Succession Stories. It is a resource. So from this particular podcast host myself to you, Lori, to celebrate your 100th episode, and, and which is such a milestone. You've, I'm so glad you're celebrating it 
I am so glad to see that you have stuck with it, even more glad at how incredible this content continues to improve from episode to episode. So as someone on this end of the microphone, I get to say thank you to you for the gift you give in this world and continue to give. And it's also great to see how much you enjoy it and, and the passion that you have for such a wonderful project that is such an integral part of who you are. So um, raising a glass, I'm raising a, a fictitious member. It's, it's a cup of coffee here, but I'm raising, a, <laughs> I'm, I'm raising a glass to 100 episodes. Con absolutely congratulations. More successes to come. And may succession stories continue to be the ever-evolving stories of your story, Lori. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you, Lou. That's so meaningful. Cheers. Listeners, thank you so much for tuning in. You can always catch Succession Stories on any of your favorite podcast players or YouTube. Don't forget to like and subscribe to the show. If you want to maximize the value of your business and plan for future transition, reach out to Lori for a complimentary assessment at meetlauriebarkman.com. Tune in next week for more insights from transition to transaction. Until then, here's to your success. My objective is for you to have a lucrative and successful succession. If you want to understand the value of your company today, that's a great place to start. The sooner you understand what creates value and what detracts from it, the more time you'll have to close the gap if there is one. Hundreds of business owners have taken my complimentary business assessment. As a first step, schedule a call with me by visiting meetlauriebarkman.com. That's meetlauriebarkman.com.